Hi, this is Susan Gaston, and welcome to a special world outreach episode of the Valley Avon podcast. You know, at Valley, we have partnerships with some amazing missionaries, and I'm here today to talk with Annalie Johnson. So sit back and enjoy our conversation. to see you it has been a long time three years and it feels yeah it feels like during the pandemic a year got to be longer than a year oh definitely yeah yeah so um I would like you to tell our friends who are listening uh a little bit about your background and where you're doing ministry right now yeah, so my name is Annalie. I grew up in central Connecticut, went to school in New Hampshire, got involved with crew, and then ended up interning uh, in the Middle East for two years. The Lord really grew my heart for Muslims and unreached people and people that just don't have access to the gospel. And, uh, and now I live and work in Sweden. Um, and, and I ended up in Sweden largely because a lot of people from the unre- unreached world ended up in Sweden. And uh, Europe is actually the least Christian continent in the world at this point. And then in, you know, immigrants have been coming into Europe for decades, but especially in 2015, 2016, millions flooded oh. into Europe. And so it was like, oh, we can go reach the most secular people in the world, but also the most, some of the most unreached, uh, unchurched, never heard the gospel people in Europe as well. And so God redirected me from the Middle East into Sweden. <laughs> and so what were your expectations when you went there? Oh man. Well, I don't, I don't think I had a lot of expectations because it's just like, okay, well my heritage is Swedish. And so it kind of, in some ways felt like going home, but I didn't realize how little Swedes and Europeans in general know about God or like they, they just don't even have a framework to think about believing in something. And so that was pretty surprising because uh, I grew up in church and most of my friends grew up in a Catholic church, but Swedes, Swedes don't grow up in church. Um, wow. But they get baptized and they get confirmed. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then just like the joy of being in a Muslim context too, but with the ease of everyone looks like me, but I still get to <laughs> do the Muslim ministry that really like brings me joy and brings me life. And my Syrian friends who make me eat too much food and we like <laughs> dance in their living rooms and... Yeah, it's fun. So were you learning both Swedish and Arabic? <laughs> yeah, I have been learning Swedish for two years now. And um, and then this past fall in 2021, my friend was like, oh, there's an Arabic class. And so I was like, oh, I've been wanting to learn Arabic for years now. So, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. It's only two hours a week. And uh, a guy I trained jiu-jitsu with also showed up to the <laughs> class uh, for the very beginner level. And so there's two of us, and we learn Arabic. In, he's Swedish, so he understands it, but we learn Arabic in Swedish. So it's, uh, it's a ride. <laughs> Wait, so you learn Arabic and Swedish, and you're also taking jiu-jitsu class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and it's cool. Some of my uh, Christian friends have finally, finally been meeting my jiu-jitsu friends. And my jiu-jitsu friends have been coming to our conversation cafes. And like the, the crossover that I've been wanting and praying for is finally happening. And 
like my Swedish friends <laughs> at jujitsu and Syrian friends are finally, yeah, like really encountering Christian community and, and asking questions and it's awesome. Oh, that's great. So what kind of fruit are you seeing out of that? Oh, I feel like we've been like sitting on our hands for <laughs> months, years, uh, cause of COVID and we couldn't gather groups and, you know, okay, go for a walk with someone and, um, can't really have people in our homes. We can't even go to church. And, uh, in the fall, it really started to open up. And, uh, so we started doing conversation cafes, like a place where you can come and talk about real life topics that all inherently lead to the gospel because yeah. the gospel is in everything, but, um, a place where anyone can come with any belief system, any faith experience and yeah, encounter just real, like real things. Um, you know, it's hard to sit down with somebody and be like, Oh, what's like, what's like, the, what do you, how do you find purpose and meaning? Uh, like, how do you bring that up with someone? You know, it takes so much to get there, but you can come to a conver- conversation cafe and that that's the table you're sitting at. So it's just, okay, hey, how do you find purpose in life? What is purpose in life? And is it a goal or is it something else? And who determines it? And um, so our conversation cafes, we've been seeing so much through that. Uh, we had one of our non-Christian seeking friends uh, the other week, basically explaining God to another non-Christian and all the Christians around the table are like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then once he starts getting off track, then another Christian jumps, jumps in and helps explain, no, actually this is what God is like. And this is where we find purpose. And, um, one of those friends is my friend, Irene, and she grew up in church and she's the one I was telling you about earlier. She grew up in church and kind of knows all the right answers, but, um, we just didn't see any fruit in her life or depth in her walk with God. And she just knew a lot of things. And, uh, she started coming to our women's Bible study that started in the fall was super excited. And now she and I read the Bible together on Friday afternoons in Swedish for me to practice and like learn really how to have deep spiritual conversations in Swedish. Um, and a week and a half ago, she comes in, she's like, Connelly, I've been reading, I, I read the Bible for six hours yesterday. And basically she was confronted with the verse in Matthew 28, 28, when Jesus says, um, all power has been given to me. And she was like, all power, what does that mean? And, um, and so she's flipping through all the Bible and we've been talking about Philippians, you know, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And she's like, what does Paul know? And I think part of it is my Lord. Okay. Jesus is his Lord. It's, he's someone that Paul serves and is under and submits to. And okay. never really thought about that before. And So a week and a half ago, she comes in and she's like, I have decided to be a servant of Jesus. And if, even if I'm not a missionary, my life is, is to serve the Lord and to tell people about him and share the hope that I have. How do I, how do I do this? How do I walk this out? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's keep meeting and let's figure this out. And you're already doing it because you're literally overflowing. And I mean, we, She's one of like the few people that we met in COVID. God just provided one person who introduced us to five more people. And, and mm. it's just like connections that we couldn't have made on our own. And so that's some of the fruit that we're seeing too, is that God, God provided for us the people we needed to meet. And mm. now they're overflowing in the Holy Spirit and uh, they're sharing the gospel with their friends. She's one of the ones who knows my jujitsu friends <laughs> and <laughs> is excited to share the gospel with them. And um Another place is uh, I help teach confirmation at a local church, and none of these kids are, none of these kids were believers <laughs> when we started in November and knew anything about the Bible, knew anything about church or what Christians really believe. And um, two weeks ago, 
one of our students, she's been asking questions. You can tell she's hungry mm-hmm. and she uh, gave her life to Christ and surrendered. Uh, and so we've just, she just has this joy when she comes to confirmation now. And, and even some of the other kids, I think at least three of them are, are so close. Two of them have come from the hospital, one, because she wanted to kill herself, but she couldn't miss confirmation. So she's hospitalized, (laughs) but she comes to confirmation and then goes back to the hospital. And she wants to read the Bible with us now, like outside of confirmation. And another one last week, um, not even a week ago, as of right now, uh, she came from the hospital. She hears voices that tell her to hurt herself, and but she couldn't miss confirmation. So she comes and then goes back to the hospital and the priest I work with, he's like, oh, like, what's happening with these young people? I mean, the, the depression statistics, the loneliness statistics in Sweden are staggering. It's off. And those are just the ones that are recorded. But I was like, Sylvester, the, they're coming. Like, they're, you know, the gospel feeds this hunger that they don't, they probably don't even have words for. But yeah. look what God is doing that they, they can't miss a week. And um uh, yeah. And I mean, we have, <laughs> we have so many friends now that are seeking and it's, yeah, like I said, we feel like we've been sitting on our hands for so long, but now, um, all these people are coming out of the word work. Actually two guys that, uh, my teammates met doing initiative evangelism on campus surveys. Uh, he met Vincent and Owen and, uh, then Tucker started reading the Bible with him and it turns out, I train jujitsu with them. <laughs> so now we like to chat at jujitsu and uh, they're coming to guys Bible study. Uh, Vincent was the one who at conversation cafe was like, well, this is what God is like. And yeah, I know this is true. And he's not, he's not a Christian yet, yeah. but I mean, they're, they're so, so close. close and yeah. Seeing our Swedish friends um, realize that there's a hunger that they have that nothing else in life satisfies. And, and then our Muslim and immigrant friends, they just, they don't have friends. And so mm-hmm. we get to, you know, Jesus reached out to the people who were unclean. He touched the people that, you know, have leprosy and um, he saw women and he interacted with them. And it's like, oh, like, that's literally what we get to do. Just, oh, do you want to get coffee? Can we meet up? And they're like, yes. And my Syrian friend in class calls me her best friend. And it's like, it's because she has no other friends. And so now she gets to hear the gospel because she lives in Sweden. And yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> That's great. So how do the Muslims that you've seen react when they encounter God's word? Mm. It's just different than what they've ever heard or been told. And and a lot of Muslims have these ideas about um, Christians and what Christians believe. And uh, I mean, how can Jesus be the son of God? Like, God had sex with Mary, like, oh, and it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And so when they meet, they have these ideas, you know, but when they meet Christians and um, experience the love of Christ in a Christian community, that's really honestly what opens up doors for us. Um, It's not really debating. It's not like meeting a Christian and seeing how we love them and Mm -hmm. interact with them and care about them. That's what like opens up the Bible for them um, and makes them willing to open up a Bible and, uh, yeah, we had a Muslim friend who went through Alpha last year, and he's still like journeying with our team. And he's coming to Bi- guys Bible study, and I don't remember what they were reading the other week, but he was like, "Ah, oh, this is what's been missing." And it was something about Jesus's <sighs> character, and they were, guys were all like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> That's I wish I could remember what it was, but we when we talked about it in staff meeting, we were like, oh, "He's so close!" <laughs> oh, that is so exciting. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So how does the church in Sweden, I know I'm asking you to make a generality, <laughs> but like in Odebro, mm. the church, how does it respond to, mm. you know, all the immigrants and refugees in your community? Hmm. Uh, I think because they're Christian, they have a, a heart for them. I think it's hard for them to know what to do. Mm. I crossing cultural boundaries. So Swedes, it's, you kind of like stay in your lane and you don't really, you don't do anything out of the ordinary. And so to move across a lane to someone who's so different from you that you don't know the culture, you don't know how to interact with them. It's just, it's hard. And I mean, I see that in the U S too. That was me when I first was like ministry cross-cultural, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, and so, and right now, uh, Ukraine-Russia crisis, and we have um, a lot of churches that we work with are literally right now busing in 200 Ukrainian refugees from Poland and uh, kind of setting up like a makeshift refugee center at a local, like a nearby Christian camp. Um, And so our friend works for this one particular church denomination, and she's like, we don't know what we're doing. And we were like, can we come help you? And, you know, we, we don't really know what we're doing. We've never set up a refugee center, but um, this is why we came here. And uh, I think the church is seeing, okay, how can we like be a part of this, like hands and feet, um, but also how can we love them really well and, uh, you know, talk to them and, and just kind of the silent service because like yeah. it's just so hard. And, uh, but also like the long-term walking with them. The church I go to has a number of Afghan and Persian believers. And so, mm-hmm they've realized, oh, like, how can we have a Persian-speaking small group so that these guys can talk about this in their native language? And we have a couple classmates that have come to church because there's other Persian speakers um, mm-hmm. that are believers at this church. And yeah, the, this, the Swedish church is figuring it out. And I mean, there's a lot of bumps in the road. No one really knows exactly how to do it. But um, yeah, I think the whole refugee crisis, you know, and then like the refugees still being there mm-hmm. has really, we're seeing Swedes like see that, Swedish Christians see that mm-hmm. and, and want to be a part of it and their hearts growing for the nations that are uh, literally among them. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, as you walk alongside the Swedish church and, and, and the refugees and the immigrants and seekers, how can we walk alongside you? Mm prayer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we would love prayer for wisdom. There's just, there's too much to do and there's too many people. And uh, I pray for more laborers. You know, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Um, We, we need more laborers. So, I mean, you know, people coming from the U S to join our team, but also local believers who, um, walk closely with God and therefore can pour out to the people around them, Swedish or not. Um, yeah, churches that are, are grounded in the Bible, that are grounded in the gospel and evangelism and discipleship. Um, pray for Swedish Christians to mm-hmm. walk intimately with God. Uh, and then right now, um, I don't know what this will be like whenever people hear this, but I uh, yeah, pray for our team and the Christians who are caring for these Ukrainian refugees. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how long they'll be there. We don't know. You know, it could be a couple of months. It could be forever. It could be the rest of their lives. And uh, so pray that we would care for them well and walk with them well and serve and love them well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being willing to just step into an emergency situation mm-hmm. like that and, and love people who've lost everything. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a gift. It's like, oh, we have everything. <laughs> I, yeah. I lack nothing. And, um, you know, Paul says I can be content in every circumstance, whether I have plenty or whether I have nothing. And uh, when I did refugee resettlement in the U.S. before I went overseas, uh, one of the reasons that really pushed me to be a missionary in ministry was I could provide apartments, a job, you know, ESL. I could do all these things for these people who, you know, had left everything. But because of my job, I wasn't allowed to share the gospel. And I was like, I can't do this. This is worthless. Like I, yeah. I can give them everything except for what they actually need. And yes. so um, now it's a gift that we get to give them what they actually need, plus the other things yes. too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Can I close in a word of prayer? For yeah, you and your please, ministry? Yes. Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for Annalie. I thank you for the evident joy she has about sharing um, what you're doing through them in Sweden. Lord, I pray for her partnership with um, the rest of her teammates and for her partnership with the local Swedish churches. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the church. Um, that they could be your hands and feet in every situation, Lord God. And give them a vision, Lord, for how they can reach out to um, the refugees and the immigrants, but also to their fellow Swedes who are dying because they don't know you. And Lord, I just pray that your word would go out, that it would bring, um, bring in the harvest, Lord, that your word talks about. Lord, bring in the workers to help bring in the harvest. And thank you, Lord God, for the energy and the vision that Annalie brings to this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special World Outreach episode of the Valley Avon podcast. I hope you were inspired to hear about what our missionaries are doing around the world. If you'd like to support our missionaries through prayer or financial support, please go to the Valley Outreach page on our website or use the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening and have a great day.